Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus didn't stand in the party and go, All right, you're dishonest. Let me condemn you right now because you're going to hell. Let's see what happens. No, he didn't do that at all. And number three, Levi was not embarrassed to introduce Jesus to this crowd. Are you embarrassed to introduce Jesus to your unbelieving friends? Can I tell you that Jesus is the only answer to every single problem in the world? One of the problems we sometimes have as Christians is being critical of other Christians who spend what we think of as too much time with their non-Christian friends. The Pharisees kind of had the same complaint with Jesus. Jesus, however, was trying to help them understand that it was time for new thinking. Pastor Mark will be introducing three words for today, new, stretch, change, and how those apply to the gospel and to our lives. Jesus sees the potential in every person. We need to do the same. We need to proclaim the good news that the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with his message, a new challenge to stretch and change. Luke chapter 5, we'll begin in a moment in verse 27. Many of you as ladies remember the day you discovered you were pregnant. You didn't know it, but there would be three words that would be part of your life. The words were new, stretch, and change. As you begin to grow, there were new clothes, funny-looking clothes. There were new food cravings. How many of you husbands remember going out at midnight for some crazy food that pickles and what? There were body changes. And can I remind you, there was lots of stretching all the way through. In fact, some of those stretching things still remain today. Well, we're going to learn about those three words. Here they are. Sometimes people say, well, Pastor Mark, what are you really teaching? Well, I'm teaching the Bible, so here's some ways to help us. These words are new, stretch, and change. Let's say them together. New, stretch, change. One more time. Come on now. New, stretch, and change. That's exactly where we're at. Now, remember the book of Luke. Like all the Gospels, you have to put yourself into it. And we're going to learn today that primarily Jesus is going to teach his disciples that are currently following him new, stretch, and change. He's also going to shock the religious leaders who 
absolutely don't change. They're dead in religion. But this teaching is not just for the disciples in those days or the religious leaders, for you. And it's for me. Those three words have great application to us this morning. And we're going to learn what that looks like as we begin. Luke 5, verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Now, this is in the land of Israel, the little city of Capernaum, not a big city. And here is Levi. That's the Greek name, Levi. The Jewish name is Matthew. You know that better by the book of Matthew. Of course, he was a Jew, but he worked for the Roman government that ruled Israel at this time. Because of that, well, the Jewish people hated tax collectors, not only because they worked for Rome, but because they were dishonest. So dishonest that they were banned from worshiping at the Jewish synagogue. Now, because this was a small town, Levi, no doubt, collected taxes from the disciples. For instance, from Peter and Andrew for the fishing business. And Levi also, as he sat in that tax booth, all kinds of people went through town. And those towns were impacted by Jesus. Jesus was the talk of the town. So people would walk by Levi, and he went, wait wait, wait a minute, that that, that guy didn't used to be able to walk. What happened? And they would tell him. Here's another person that would come by, and they couldn't see, and now they could see they had been healed by Jesus. But he saw other changed lives. People that were joyless, they just had no purpose or meaning. And they kind of have a joy, and he saw them in the road, and what happened? Well, Jesus changed my life. He met me, and I have a new start in life. Then one day at this booth, Jesus stops in front of him. And he looks up into his eyes, and Jesus says to Levi, two words, just two words. Look at him, verse 27, look, follow Me, Jesus said to him. Now, remember, here's the booth like here. Levi, hated by the Jews. The disciples don't like him either. The ones that are already following Jesus. Can you see Peter saying to Jesus, Jesus, do you know who you're talking to? This is a dishonest tax collector. We hate him. What's with the words, follow me? You're asking him to join us? He said, Pastor Mark doesn't say that. That's exactly what's going through their mind. So he's going to show them something. It's one thing to have him just follow you, but to join us as one of the 12? Watch what happens. You have to be thinking the same. So why... Did Jesus challenge Levi, a sinner, an unbeliever, to follow him? Because Jesus saw the potential in Levi. This is huge. First thing to write, Jesus sees the potential in every single person. When God created you, he created you in his image. You have potential. He has a plan for your life. It's unique, it's special, it's very common to all of us, 
There is nobody that I'm speaking to. There is no human that doesn't have potential that God already put in you. You have to learn to develop it. Mothers, this is a huge principle for you. Every one of your children will be different. You all know that. But every one of those has great potential. It may be different for you and sometimes hard. So help them reach that potential. So when Jesus walked by, he knew there was amazing potential. And it proves out because he wrote the first book of the Gospels there, Matthew. It proved out. Now, what is Levi going to do with this follow me deal? Well, look at verse 28. And Levi got up. He left. Tell me. Everything. And he followed him. Levi instantly got up, closed the office, got in step with Jesus. He left his profession. He left his profits. He left his home. He left his future financial benefits, which would have been fantastic all the way through his life. And he followed Jesus. On this little office door where Levi was, this sign went up immediately. IRS office closed. Can I hear an amen right there, right now? Okay, okay. Sorry, it doesn't work. Uh, Levi, uh, office of Levi closed permanently. What does under new management mean? He was under new management. Who was the manager? Jesus. He had left ruling his own life. Some of you as yet have never put your life under the rulership of Jesus. You'll get an opportunity to do that today. See, that's the only way life works. You weren't designed to live your own life. He is now under new management. Now, let me just challenge you with something. Look at this next statement. Understand what happens with this. We know from the book of Matthew that Levi wrote, Matthew and Levi, same name. He wrote more about stuff in the disaster of trying to follow God and follow stuff. It doesn't work. So notice, following Jesus became Levi's priority, not his money. Can I challenge you as you think about that? See, you'll see later that when Matthew talks about that a lot, he realizes that God is going to take care of him. And I want to challenge you because sometimes you forget this. God gives us good things. He loves to bless us, our families, so we can expand the kingdom of God. Everything you have this morning is a gift from God. Everything, your breath, your money, your finances, your job, all a gift from God. And Levi realized that didn't really matter. No, we have to have it. But he's just going to let God lead his life. He's going to trust God. When Levi starts to follow him, what is he saying to his disciples? Everybody get your hands up. Everybody just get your hands up for a moment. No, I want you to just stretch. I just want you to stretch. I just want you to What's he saying to his disciples? Hello, this is not a hard question. You need to what? You need to stretch. You're going to see stretch all the way through this. You see, understand what the disciples need to do. You're going to see in a moment, they need to think different. They weren't thinking this way. Jesus, what are you doing? Now, as the disciples are working through this, let me ask you a question. Levi gets off from his office, puts the sign out. How does Levi follow Jesus? Like this? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I'll follow. Is that how he follows him? You're going to see in the next verse, you know what Levi does? He throws a party. Could I hear an amen? 
He throws a party. Look at the verse. Look at the verse, verse 29, all our campuses. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. Now, why did Jesus go to this party at Matthew's house? Jesus went to this party because he knew Matthew was rich. And if you're rich, the food would be fabulous. No, that is not why. You have to understand this, and you're going to get it all through the teaching. Jesus went to that party because there were sinners there. You're going to see sometimes the church is not very good with this. Jesus went to that party because there were unbelievers there. Is that why we have church? Pastor Mark, where are you going? Oh, you wait. Jesus is going to take us right there. Now, I don't know exactly what happened at that party, but I can imagine that Levi stood up and he just said this. Friends, by the way, what friends did Levi have? Tax collectors and sinners. Everybody else hates his guts. So he invites who's there. It's this motley crew of whatever. And he stands up and he says this. I invited you to this party because I want to give you an invitation to someone that changed my life. Like you, he's talking to his friends. We've been living this incredible lifestyle of the rich and famous. We have money, we have power, you know the food we eat, you know the free sex we have, everybody, these gals just love that because we have money. But deep down inside us, we're all looking for purpose and meaning. And we've discovered our life is empty. This stuff doesn't fill it. And so, I want to just share with you one encounter with Jesus. I'd been following him. And when he looked at me in the eyes, one encounter with him, I knew my life would never be empty again. And so I left it behind. And I want to introduce you to a man who has the answers to your why questions. You see, later, now what are the disciples thinking about this? You're going to see in a moment, they're going, Where's he going now with these sinners? See, Jewish people didn't do that. If you mix with sinners, you become unclean yourself. So you don't do that. You isolate. But Jesus would begin to remind his disciples he had a mission. It wasn't a mission of being a church a dead religion. It was a relationship with God, even though he would establish his own church as the head. Can I ask you to look at this verse? Here's why Jesus is at the party. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. There's a time to be together as Christians. There's a time to be together with unbelievers. That's the mission of Jesus. Notice, he came to seek. He stopped at Matthew's booth. Matthew didn't go after him. You see, as you begin to look at that, Jesus wanted to be with sinners because that was his mission. He never practiced isolation or condemnation. He didn't condone their sin or take part in it, but he loved the sinner. Now, look at these three things. You don't need to write them down, but this is the way the church is to operate. The disciples didn't get it. Oh, they would. They go into all the world later and do exactly this. 
How are you doing with this? Jesus was saying, we don't isolate. We go to their world. That's why God sent us here. Number two, we don't condemn when we go. Jesus didn't stand in the party and go, all right, you're dishonest. Let me condemn you right now because you're going to hell. Let's see what happens. No, he didn't do that at all. And number three, Levi was not embarrassed to introduce Jesus to this crowd. Are you embarrassed to introduce Jesus to your unbelieving friends? Can I tell you that Jesus is the only answer to every single problem in the world? This church is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Don't be ashamed of him. So Jesus is right in the middle of all of these unbelievers for a reason. Now, I'm going to take a little sidebar because I want to challenge you with a couple things. In our world, we're in the process right now of redefining marriage. Our Supreme Court is. Let me ask you a question. Is anybody welcome to come and worship with it? Anybody, any lifestyle, anything, doesn't matter where they've been, what they're doing right now. Is is everybody welcome at our campuses? Good. Some of you are going, really? The answer is absolutely yes. You say, well, Pastor Mark, some of those lifestyles aren't biblical. I heard this story. I don't have it exactly right, but it's a true story. It was great. A young man went to a pastor, and he said, am I welcome at your church? He said, I was born gay. And the pastor said, really? I was born with a problem, too. He said, really? What was the problem? I was a sinner. I lied. I cheated. I look at women wrong with lust. And then Jesus changed my life. Did you get it? So anybody's welcome. You're not going to highlight one sin over another. We all started as what? Sinners. But when they're here, people write me all the time now. You don't know this, but they write me all the time. Are we welcome at your church? I say, absolutely. But then I say this. You need to know we teach the Bible here. And anything that doesn't match with the Bible, you eventually have to change. Just like I'm changing every single day. Could I hear an amen? That's the way it is. So Jesus was trying to say, don't isolate yourself. Any kind of lifestyle is welcome in our church. And when they come, they have to change to become what? Like Jesus. That's why we're here. By the way, our homosexual lifestyle in a world with a redefining a marriage or whatever is about 4% of the people practice homosexuality and lesbian. Does that match to what you see on TV? No, it looks like everybody does. Only 4%. So understand, that isn't our only problem with marriage. Do you know where a bigger problem is today? And see, nobody talks about that in the church. By the way, we're not against gays and homosexuals. Come on, we'll let God change you. Come on in, join us. It doesn't matter. We're going to let God change. But God will have to change you, just like us. But understand, what is the bigger problem than that? It's couples living together and not getting married. That's the norm today. How did God design it? One man, one woman, under God. That's the way it works. So understand, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? This is an amazing thing. Now, as Jesus is among those sinners, the disciples are uncomfortable 
Well, they weren't the only ones uncomfortable. The religious leaders, watch what happens. Look in verse 30. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect, notice this word, complained to his disciples. Look what they said. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Can I just transfer that? Why do you let sinners and evil people that aren't following God in your church? That word complained is an interesting word. In the original language, it's ganguzo. Just say with me this morning, ganguzo. You got, it's complaining and always finding something wrong. Turn to your neighbors and go, ganguzo. Come on, tell them, just tell them, ganguzo. Ganguzo. It even sounds bad, doesn't it? Ganguzo to you. Well, see, They weren't into this. They were special. They considered themselves kind of perfect. But the disciples are shocked that he's at the party. This is a stretch for them. They don't know how to answer this because they're thinking, what is he doing in there? Well, I wrote verse 31 with my own translation. Here's what Jesus is going to say to the people, and here's what Jesus is really saying to them, but here's what Jesus is saying to you and me right now. Watch this. And Jesus answered them, it's time to stretch and change and think new thoughts. See, what we think, we become. So the disciples are saying, you chose the wrong guy. He's a tax collector. Now you're partying with sinners? Wrong. No, their thinking was wrong. Pastor Mark, you mean any sinner is welcome into our church? Yes. They will hear the word and they'll have to change, just like you and me. See, the thinking and the religious thinking is, oh, no, 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 no. They're what? Ganguzoing. They're complaining, no, we don't want to be around sinners. Well, why did Jesus come? By the way, before you became a Christian, what were you? Hello. And by the way, do we still struggle with it a little right now? Some of you are going, this is a stretch for me. That's why I had you stretch. That's why I had you stretch. Now, watch what happens as we walk through this. Jesus was trying to challenge his disciples, and I'm trying to challenge you this morning. By the way, do you think our world's going to get better? It's going to be more challenging in every way, shape, or form. And we studied on Wednesday night Psalm 2. And here's what Psalm 2 said. The world's going to get worse and worse. And it's always against two things, God and Jesus. So it's going to get worse for us as Christians. Don't worry about that. Jesus knew what was going to happen there. So Jesus' answer is going to challenge the disciples. And it's going to challenge all the religious people. It's going to challenge you and me. So here's what I want you to write this morning. You always have to understand this in your life. None of us have arrived. Here it is. The new, think new godly thoughts so we can be stretched and changed. I don't care how long you've been a Christian this morning. We never change the word of God. Hopefully you've been stretched out a little bit by the message today. Pastor Mark wants to encourage you to see the potential in every person, just like Jesus did with Matthew. Don't isolate yourself from unbelievers. Go to their world. Learn to be comfortable around them. Don't be afraid of the lost. Go to them and introduce them to Jesus. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of this message, Pastor Mark will be teaching how Jesus answered the religious leaders when they challenged his outreach style. We will also learn about the difference between religious thinking and Jesus thinking towards sinners and the need for us to rearrange our own thinking towards the lost. We'll also learn about our need to enjoy and not endure our walk with Christ. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.